The next person I want to bring up here is someone I met uh, fairly recently. She's an incredible, incredible woman. She's a successful investor, over 15 years experience in the media and entertainment. And so because of that connection and living down in Los Angeles in the hotbed of things, she actually has a newsletter and a, uh, a media methodology where she interviews the top and most successful people in the world, good or good. And I believe she's interviewed people like uh, Steve Forbes and, and the like and some of the, of the CEOs of the, of the best companies. And I guess it kind of turned into this understanding of how finances work in such a way where she began doing it herself. She now has trademarked market strategies that, again, are endorsed by business leaders and investors all over the place. In the year 2000, during the crash, she beat the market because she totally anticipated that crash. In the next year, which was a completely bear market, 2001, you know that year, she went to over 200% on her portfolio. And in 2002, she started an investment club that outperformed all the major indices. And as of this point in time, September 2003, it is now up over 250%. She's been interviewed on Good Morning America with Diane Sawyer. She's been featured in Time Magazine. She's been featured in USA Today. And she's got a heart of gold. She uh, recently assisted in the city of Los Angeles, raising close to a million dollars for the public school system. Her specialty is keeping it simple so everyone can understand it and everybody can do it, yes? yes. How about a little, little weenie welcome for Natalie Wynn Pace, come on up here. Well, I'm happy to tell you that you have already done the most important thing that you can possibly do to start on your path to abundance, and that is to be here. Absolutely to be here, because I'm going to tell you something. You can make money on Beanie Babies. You can make money on classic cars. You can make money on real estate. I make lots of money in stocks. You can make money anywhere if you know a few simple formulas, and it's all about getting smart right here. And you're here doing that. So the first thing that I usually talk about is this path. Now, in the beginning of any sort of investment path, personal investment path, what happens is you start out with data, and everything is basically a gobbledygook. It's a bunch of numbers. It's a bunch of things that you got to calculate. Maybe you felt you slept in math class in high school, and all of a sudden, it's just a bunch of numbers on a page. The first thing that happens on your path to brilliance and abundance is that you start learning how to take those numbers and make a little bit of sense of them. So that data is no longer individual but it is categorized so that you can actually use information. As you get good at taking data into the information, you will begin to accumulate knowledge. Whatever your investment is, and this is a strategy, by the way, that works all across the board, from Beanie Babies to real estate to stocks. 
Finally, over time, as you apply your knowledge, and notice I say apply, you will gain wisdom. I think, realistically, I'm about right in here. The people I interview, however, are here, absolutely, bar none. Not only are they people who are wise, they are people who literally keep our economies, the world economies, on track. I just completed an interview with Steve Forbes. He's in Shanghai right now on a CEO summit. And what they're doing there is trying to implement a flat tax policy in Shanghai and also to uh, capitalize on the world's fastest growing economy, which is China. So the information, I am completely blessed with the uh, best information on the planet, and I am blessed with having this great job in, in getting it out to you. That's my job. What a great life, is it? <laughs> All right, so here I am to tell you is this. Basically, the reason investing is hard is because a lot of people try to make it hard for you. Because if it's hard for you, then people like me who make it simple, it's easy for us to make lots of money. Does that make sense? Okay, so as long as it confuses you, but you still try to invest, I make lots of money. Makes sense, right? All right, so as what I mean to tell you is that you will get information today that's going to make it simple for you. It is simple. Investing is very, very simple. And anytime it seems complicated, I'm going to give you three nuggets today, and I want you to use them as your mantra and keep it simple, baby, because that's where you're going to win. Okay? The first thing, and I'm telling you, you better sharpen your pencils because I speak fast and I'm going to give you a lot of information. <laughs> All right, the first thing is this, and I'm really pleased. This is why Harv and I hit it off three months ago, because we believe in one basic premise, and that's this. What you love is what you should focus on, because what you focus on expands. And if you love something and you focus on it, you, the sky's the limit, baby. The sky is the limit. I'm going to tell you a little personal story here. Three years ago, I was a single mom about ready to lose a condominium because I couldn't pay property taxes. Okay? I sold it, made a little profit, kept it out of the stock market in 2000. And this is a little trick I'll teach you. We're going to talk about macro trends in depth later. How did I know in 2000? that the stock market would crash. Three simple things. First thing, eight years of prosperity. Anytime I hear eight years of anything, good or bad, I, my ears perk up. You know why? Because one of the most important tools of investing is buy low, sell high. So I look at everything on this continuum. That's how I keep it simple. Very simple, buy low, sell high. Eight years of prosperity, hmm. Where's that on the continuum? That's pretty high. So I go in, and you know what? This is actually what inspired me to start my business. I went into a, a financial planner. I had a little tiny bit of seed money, just $20,000. I'm a single mom. I'm afraid to invest it. I go into this financial planner, and he's recommended by a world-class bank. And he's got a world-class office. And you know what he told me to do? Diversify. Okay, here's, what, here's how we were going to diversify. He had five mutual funds. <laughs> First one, telecom, anchored by WorldCom, and global crossing. Second one, world stocks, anchored by Japan. There you go. Third one was telecom, anchored by AOL. 
It gets worse. Fourth was energy anchored by Enron. I don't even remember what the fifth one is, but believe me, I got it in the file because this is the best. I knew that this was a story that was going to launch me to my billionaire status. <laughs> because I looked at this man and I said, you know, I, uh, I run the operations of a telephone company, and I know that they are now booking us. They bill us at rates based on a contract from a year ago. And getting that rate adjusted down 10 cents a minute, which is basically rates were dropping, dropping, dropping in telecom, was impossible, virtually impossible. Do you know why they were doing that? It's called cooking the books, okay? They're doing it for earnings. So I knew as an employee, not as a person who was reading analyst recommendations or reports, I knew firsthand from my experience that they were cooking the books in the telecom sector and that that was one area that was due for a big time correction. Second thing I knew, was that NASDAQ had no earnings, none, zero. You, can't, you cannot sustain business on no earnings for long periods of time. Third thing I knew, rookie American president. So we have eight years of prosperity, we have no earnings, we have an inflated stock market, and rookie American president after eight years of somebody who was really a master at world economics. And it didn't matter which president or which guy got into the office, neither one of them even had 50% of the American public behind them. What does that spell to you? Disaster, what would you do looking at the stockbroker in front of you? I just went, are you nuts? Man, I'm starting a business and I'm gonna tell people all about people like you so that they avoid you. <laughs> of course, you know, I ran out and did it. Now I've got a business worth $3.8 million. And I get to interview. <laughs> all right, I wanna get you guys really involved in the nuts and bolts of this right away, but I'm gonna tell you a couple of quick things. There's one mistake that people make. Okay, buy low, sell high. This is an easy, easy concept. Rattle it in your head. Keep it there. You know why? Because it's counterintuitive. It is counterintuitive. When everybody is really hot on something, uh, they're telling you about it. Man, I made 50% return in the last three years on real estate. What do you want to do? You want to go out right now and buy real estate. When people, in 1999, Everybody wanted to buy stocks. Everybody. And you know what? In 1999, you could have thrown a dart at a chalkboard full of companies, and you would have made money, provided you cashed out by March of 2000. So there are times when fever is rising, fever is rising, and you just want to do it. So counterintuitive. You've got to fight that. You've got to fight that in yourself. All right, and I'm going to give you two brief examples. In 1997, my ex-husband is Chinese. He's from Hong Kong. We, were, we decided to visit Hong Kong right before the handover, and everybody there was just delighted. They were all so excited. They didn't mind the handover because they knew that the Chinese government was going to allow Hong Kong to main, remain autonomous economically because it was basically their driving force. Their real estate had gone gangbusters. These people had made three times their investment in five years in real estate. So I come in to all my husband's relatives. They said, man, we bought it for $300,000. We're up over a million five. And I said, sell. Sell? Are you crazy? 
where would we go? What would we do? I said, what, you can't figure out what to do with a million dollars for six months? I said, so, you've got a, 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 an economy that is going from capitalist to communist. Not only that, it's been capitalist for 100 years, and it's going to communist. It's a correction. Can't you see that? They're like, no way. Hong Kong is this densely populated area, the most desirable city in Asia. There is never going to be a time when, when the real estate prices are going to go down. That's what they said. <sighs> okay. They didn't sell. The government was handed over in July. In August was the Asian stock market crash. 20% of people who have real estate in Hong Kong today are, 20, are underwater on their mortgages. 20%. Now, that's not to say if it's your home that that's a bad investment. You still have many tax benefits, that sort of thing. I'm just saying, if you don't sell high, you, nothing is a profit. It's not in your wallet until you sell it. So you have to think about these things. And you also have to be willing, if you have a profit, to be very happy with it. If you make three times your investment, wow, zip, zoot, ah, wow. Who cares if it goes up another point? You made a million bucks, man. You can go and take that million bucks and create even more out of it. That's a bang-up job. And the other thing, too, is you do not have to buy right here and sell right here. You can buy here and sell here and make lots of money. Okay? All right, let's get into you guys now. Same thing with AOL. I, I can't even tell you how many friends I had in 1999 who said, my AOL stock has, has just, I've made a thousand time returns. And I said, sell, 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 sell. And none of them did. I don't know anybody except for me who cashed out of the market in 2000. <laughs> Very few. Okay, so let's get you guys right to work. First of all, let's gauge ourselves on where we are in terms of our continuum from data to information to knowledge to wisdom. I want you to raise your hand. How many of you have ever watched an investment head south but wrote it out for a profit? Raise your hand. Okay, so let's say you buy stock at 50 bucks and it goes down to 20 and then a year later it went up to 100. Is it worth it? Absolutely. So you watched, a, you watched a stock or real estate or any other investment you have go underneath the amount you paid for it, but you held on, and, and later on you were rewarded for it. Raise your hand if you've done that. It's a good thing to do. That's one of the hardest things to do, because the minute your stock start, or, or real estate or anything else starts heading south, the temptation is to get rid of it quickly. It's such a loser. It's going to burn you. The fact is you really need, at that point, to really evaluate it. Is it going to come back? I saw people in Los Angeles right after the earthquake walk away from their homes. Of course, in one day, the real estate values dropped. You know, they were underwater. Most of LA was underwater in one day after the earthquake. Just like 911, stocks came back 50% within three months. After the earthquake, real estate takes a little bit longer to come back, but it comes back. And in the meantime, you've got your tax write-offs. You don't have to rent. You're living in a, a beautiful place. So there's all kinds of reasons why you don't want to sell low. Okay? It's buy low, sell high. So sometimes you do need to write it out. How many of you have taken some losses, in other words, cashed out for a little bit of a loss, hopefully not a big one, in order to buy into a better opportunity? Nothing wrong with that. 